And more than ever, this is a conversation we need to have now because with all the change and transition going on globally, it's disconcerting, right? I mean, we are in a time of, I would say that <laughs> that caterpillar going into the chrysalis and dissolving everything that it has known to be. We are doing it on a global level. It's scary. It's unknown. We're, forces are pressing upon us to change and do things. And, you know, if we, uh, uh, let's just say we need to find the inner guidance through this time. We need to be with ourselves. We need to understand that this is an opportunity, if we choose to take it, for a profound awakening, a profound spiritual remembrance. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to this week's self-love podcast. Really excited to share with you a beautiful soul, the amazing Dr. Cheryl Selman. I'm really excited about this conversation. As beautiful Cheryl says, this is a conversation that we need to have. More than ever, we know that this time in our lives, there is an incredible amount of chaos and uncertainty and we can even say it's quite scary, if not the unknown. And I think what this conversation really brought up for me was just how beautiful Cheryl has navigated her incredible life, how she's taken opportunities of what she's called moments of being like the dark night of the soul, and how she's really taken herself and trusted and really worked with her intuition on how to lead her way out of those intense, sometimes challenging and shaky times. But she also talks about that these times are an opportunity for us to really go within, a time for us to really connect back into the essence of the soul and to really do some searching within ourselves, be driven to look behind the curtain, as she says, and actually use this great and profound moment in time that we're in right here, right now, to participate in the transformation. Now, she knows this is not a walk in the park and it does take some serious spiritual practice, but I think you'll agree with me in listening to her that her beautiful ways of getting back into nature, really, really focusing on things like watching the sunrise, meditation, listening to our inner voice is where we really do tap into finding our own amazing and eight knowing, knowing what to do. Guys, I just can't wait to share her with you. I look forward to hearing your comments and feedback on the Facebook page, which is uh, you can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash um, the self-love podcast, or you can go to my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28. Certainly appreciate your five-star ratings. I really am grateful to your feedback, your comments, and the things that you would love me to talk about on the Self Love Podcast, as well as your tips and ideas as to who you'd love me to interview. So keep those coming. Also, don't forget to go to 28.com with your special Self Love Podcast uh, discount voucher. 
which is always in the show notes. And please, you know, let us know if you're keen to join us in our incredible Essential Self-Care Weekend. Super excited, super pumped to actually host these two live events, one on the Sunshine Coast and one in Victoria, country Victoria, and get back into face-to-face. So guys, enjoy today's podcast. Cannot wait to hear what you think of it. Cheryl has become a beautiful and dear friend And I know you're just going to love what she shares with us today. Take care, guys. As you can tell, I am very excited to bring to you not only a woman who is extraordinary in her own right, but also someone I'm proud to consider a friend and someone who I admire. She's a mentor of mine, someone I've always looked up to. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, gorgeous Dr. Cheryl Selman. It's a pleasure to be with you, as always. (laughs) We do have some fun together, I have to say. But in light of today's podcast, knowing that the topic is all around self-love, you're the queen of someone who does this so beautiful and so well. If I was to ask you, what is your definition of self-love? What would you say? Mm, uh, as someone who has uh, had a long journey to get to the place of self-love, I would say that at this moment, it's really um, a true appreciation and acknowledgement of who I am, of where I've come from, who I want to become, and embracing all of it. Oh, isn't that powerful and, and so profound, really, when we think about it? It's true self-acceptance and Something that I've admired with the work that you do is accepting that sometimes life isn't always great. Sometimes our bodies don't always do the best that they could, or maybe we're not giving the best resources to allow our bodies to do the best that it could. Before we get into that, could you give the listeners a beautiful brief background as to who you are, your journey into your integrative naturopathic journey and all the things that have led you to being here to this moment? Well, I'd be happy to do that because it's been you know, it's been a, a fascinating journey as it is for all of us as we wind our way through life's experiences, which are all designed to really remind us of the true self that we are. So uh, my journey, just, <laughs> it's a long story. I'm going to cut it really short. Kid. But, you know, I, um, I started out as uh, a wanderer in my life. I never really wanted to accept the, you know, uh, graduate from uni, get a job, you know, have, get married, have a family. I don't know. That just was never in my, in my DNA plan. So uh, I I traveled a lot. When I left uni, I uh, joined the Peace Corps. I lived in Malaysia. I went to India. I lived for a couple of years in India. I lived in a beautiful spiritual community. I lived in a mud hut, Kim. You know, no running water, no electricity. I was farming and was part of a spiritual community. And that led me to live in a spiritual community in Scotland, and uh, be part of that because I was on a quest. I, I, I do want to say that in uh, the last year of my uni life, I was uh, really distraught. I was deeply depressed. I had no sense of direction of self. It just felt like a black cloud was over me. And then I had an, a moment of epiphany. Something happened quite out of the blue. And it was a light that opened up into my 
consciousness. And it was as though someone had raised the blinds on a room that was really dark. And I looked outside, it was this gorgeous landscape of nature and light and love. And it was like, wow, there's more to this reality than I ever thought. And it was like this, this just this moment of a peak experience, you might say. And that shaped my life to this very moment. It shaped it forever because it began an awakening of a journey of who I am, of my spiritual path, and the ways that I could really serve others. So it really directed the choices I made ever since. And all the learnings and all the drama and you know, all the things that we go through in our life have always been part in some way of that, uh, of, of guiding me on that path to the greater recognition of myself, my soul. So it took me on many, you know, many places, many continents, and um, I uh, it took a long time to find out what I really wanted to do in life. And I uh, eventually uh, became a psychotherapist. And I worked with mind-body approaches. I worked with rebirthing. I brought rebirthing up to Australia in the 80s. And I... Uh, you know, I had a psychotherapy practice, and then I went on and wrote my first book as I was searching for the changes going in, going on in my body. So I wrote my book, which um, is called Hormone Heresy, What Women Must Know About Their Hormones, which was a huge success in Australia, because by that time, I'd come to Australia and become a permanent resident and married here. So uh, the journey goes on and on, and here I am back again because I left for 20 years. I would always come back and forth to Australia, but I was resident in the United States, and now I'm back here planning to return on a more permanent basis to Australia. So I'm kind of a a wanderer, (laughs) and I follow my spirit and trust my intuition to guide me where I need to go. And... um, and not be afraid to jump into the unknown. I think it's a really beautiful story and one that many women in particular could could take a lot of um, inspiration from. I think I particularly love the fact that you said you followed you know, your intuition, you followed where life took you. But I just want to go back to that little part where you said there was a moment, a light that opened into your consciousness where it felt like the the blinds had been raised. For those of us that may never have experienced that or perhaps people that may not really understand that or even are hoping for that, what do you think was the catalyst to create that? Was it the fact that you kept um, journeying and questioning and inquiring and had a real curious mindset? Or was there something specific that occurred for you to have those blinds raised? Uh, I was in the depths of depression mm-hmm. at that time. I had no sense of direction. I had no sense of purpose. I had no sense of myself. I was finishing my career at university and you know venturing out into the world with no real sense of, of purpose of what I was going to do. So I was in deep despair. And you might call that the dark night of the soul. Okay. So that's an experience that we all go through at various stages of our life. We all go through this, this cauldron 
of uh, this crucible of transformation. And it's called in many terms, but one of them is the dark night of the soul. And that's when it feels like um, everything's taken away from us. We, we may lose our job, we may lose our relationship, we may find our health uh, being compromised, we just may have an you know, existential moment not knowing who we are, but it's like the ground of our being shaken. We don't know what's up, we don't know what's down, we don't know who we are. It's an intense time. And what I have learned about that time is that that is when our, our soul is, it's like, it's like we are shedding a skin when we are being uh, made anew. It's like the, the uh, caterpillar going into the chrysalis where everything dissolves. Everything dissolves in that chrysalis that every aspect of a caterpillar is gone and something new is being created, which emerges as a butterfly. And these are profound times in everyone's life because it is part of this process that is allowing us to re-emerge with a greater sense of ourself and our greater purpose in life. And I was in the dark night of that soul. So it was a spontaneous happening. It was like this truly spiritual moment of enlightenment because I was in this spiritual process, but I didn't have any reference point for it. I was young. I was naive. I didn't know anything about anything. You know, I've spent many decades now on the spiritual path and I have a, I have a context to put it in and a reference point that helps, but I didn't know darn thing back then. So it was very difficult, very painful. But that experience of that, as I always say, it's like the blinds opening, there was something greater here. There's a, there's a more profound reality than uh, I ever knew. Just, it was like a magnet that drew me on forever to this moment in time. Mm. It's quite interesting because my experience to date has shown me that you're right, every one of us will get confronted with this at varying levels or varying degrees of perhaps pain. But many people talk about having to hit almost rock bottom in order to put both feet on the ground to push themselves back up. Is this a rock bottom moment that you think? And my second question is, does, is it a rock bottom moment or these moments of extreme dark night of the soul moments that is what allows us to open? Or do you think it's possible to do it without these moments? Well, it, um, I, I would probably say it's an essential part of the return of our connection to our soul. Because those moments are when the ego is challenged, let's say. You know, with the ego that we've operated with, that sense of identity is uh, that egg is cracked <laughs> and uh, that has to happen. You know, we define ourselves by who we are and what we've done, what we've accomplished, what we've been taught, what social networks we're involved with. And this, this journey in life is about reconnecting with the true essence of who we are, our, our true soul. 
So if we live our life believing that we are our job, our work, our relationships, we are lost. We are lost in the desert of this third dimension. So we need experiences and events that are going to shake us to our core so we can rediscover ourselves. Mm, That's quite interesting, isn't it? And Mm. do you think then your interest in psychotherapy, was that because of you think your your soul was leading you down that path so that you had a different level of inquiry? Or do you think they were parallel universes that just happened to be coinciding at the same time? Well, I think everything we choose and everything we do, ultimately, whether we're aware of it or not, is guided by our soul. Mm. And it took me a, a really long time in life to, to find any sense of direction. I always... Uh, felt like a little lost lamb because everyone was getting on with their careers. And I just, you know, didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, it was, uh, it it was when I, uh, when did I get to that place? You know, I, um, I, I was able to, at at a point in my life, let me just say the age of 28 to 30 is a pivotal time in a soul's evolution in this dimension. So 28 to 30 is a, is a, is a, is a moment in, uh, in our experience where astrologically we are having what they call the Saturn return. It happens again every 28 years. But at the first time is when we are able to, uh, well, there's a lot of disillusion happening. There's a lot of change happening between 28 and 30. We may lose jobs. We may. You may gain jobs, you may lend relationships, begin there. It's that kind of um, massive change. But it's designed in the great cosmic <laughs> scheme of things to shed the beliefs we were given the first 28 years of our life, to shed that perception, that personality that we've been taught, that often we are following other people's uh, uh, desires for us and goals for us or families, you know, desires for us, but not necessarily our own. So 28 to 30 is when massive change happens in reevaluation. That's when it happened for me. And I was uh, uh, really a, a lost soul. And I got involved with um, a primal therapy to search for myself. I got involved. Well, actually, it was primal therapy that was so profound in London. I was in London, and uh, I had experience of my birth. And that experience of reconnecting with my birth, which I really didn't know much about, was, was a traumatic birth, Kim. And it made so much sense. It just put pieces together of why I was miserable and why I had the feelings I had and, the doubts and the frustrations and uh, just just the patterns in my life became so clear and it initiated a direction for me because I went on and thought, oh my God, birth is so important. I better learn to be a midwife. So I came back to the States and I enrolled in a course in midwifery. Uh, no, I, uh, I enrolled in a nursing program that would allow me to do midwifery. And um, uh, I realized that what I really wanted to do was work with the spiritual rebirth of people because that, to me, was so profound. So I got involved with the founder of Rebirthing Leonard Orr, and I studied that modality, and that just took me on this whole trajectory. 
of psychotherapy, mind-body approaches. I know you studied so much with NLP and I've done all that. It was just like, that is what I want to do. I want to help people to really reconnect and remember to their to the infinite possibilities that exist within all of us. Oh, so magic, isn't it? And mm-hmm. it almost seems a shame that we go beyond birth. <laughs> we arrive on this planet as these perfect, infinite potential beings. And then through life and experience and beliefs and values and all the things that we take on, and as you say, in those first 28 years, then can shape us for the rest of our life or unshape us if we choose to go down the path. What I find so fascinating is that we don't seem to have the emotional maturity to handle this in those first 28 years, yet it's all seemingly thrust upon us in those years. Do you think that's why there is such a high link to things like suicide or depression or anxiety or mental health issues? And do you think it's those, particularly during the teens to that 28, 38, 30 years of life, that we are, it's remarkable that we make it through it? Well, Kim, I guess I would say if you think you're all alone in this lifetime, it would be a scary journey. But there are guiding forces for all of us, overseeing us, protecting us in, you know, in in little ways, angels show up in our lives. So uh, I I think it it, it is a challenging time. We certainly don't have the maturity, but how do we ever get the maturity? How do we get that knowledge and that wisdom and that resourcefulness? How do we get that? It's, you know, you got to put the the sword into the fire and you've got to hone it. You've got to have experiences in life that are going to uh, allow us to deepen, deepen our, I mean, I, I had that spiritual experience when I was like 21, but I hadn't a clue what it meant. I had no preparation. I, I was shaken to the core and it wasn't an easy time because when you have those deep, profound spiritual peak experiences that happen, you know, just instantaneously. It wasn't drug induced, you know, it wasn't initiated by any, you know, anything that I consciously did or took. It shapes your world and everything is different and you're different and you don't quite know how you fit anymore. So that was it's an uncomfortable time, but I everything we experience, everything that we encounter is designed by us is designed by us for our journey in this lifetime of learning and healing and growth and ultimately service. And um, the majority of people don't enter into this world with that spiritual remembrance. And it's a veil that has to be lifted from us as we go through life. So that's my take on things. Yeah, yeah, we all have different journeys and some make it uh, really challenging for themselves. And some end up in in places that aren't necessarily comfortable, but probably what that soul needs. Uh, There's no mistakes in the universe. You know, we live in in an amazing creation that is designed for our evolution. And I know we're getting into some really deep topics, but this is is what really is uh, the kind of conversation I like to have, Kim. 
Yeah, this is what's so important. And, and more than ever, this is a conversation we need to have now because with all the change and transition going on globally, it's disconcerting, right? I mean, we are in a time of, I would say that <laughs> that caterpillar going into the chrysalis and dissolving everything that it has known to be. We are doing it on a global level. It's scary. It's unknown. We're, forces are pressing upon us to change and do things. And, you know, if we, uh, uh, let's just say we need to find the inner guidance through this time. We need to be with ourselves. We need to understand that this is an opportunity, if we choose to take it, for a profound awakening, a profound spiritual remembrance. Because as much as change is going on that's looking like the chaos around us, it's an impulse that is also allowing us to step into um, a more profound awareness. It's like the clearing the chaos within us that disconnected us. So it's important to do your meditations and to be out in nature and take care of your body, to be with supportive people in your life. It's uh, a moment where I think we can uh, really have a, a, a great, deep, profound awakening to our true power. I agree. And I completely um, want to acknowledge you. And I think if anyone's listening to this, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. I, I'm curious on this note that you believe that um, there are no accidents, no mistakes, and everything is designed for our evolution. If that's the case, then how would you say to a woman or a man that's been abused? Or what would you say to the fact that we can't control what's going on in the world right now? How do we say that that is designed for our evolution? Um, because a lot of people would say, but that happened to me. I didn't ask for that. What's your answer to that? Well, you know, it all depends uh, where a person is in their healing journey. You know, some I, I have worked with in my practice with people who've gone through um, sexual abuse, all sorts of abuse. Uh, there's and and that's why I like to work Kim with um, mind body types of modalities, um, not cognitive therapy. Because we can talk about our problems. The more we talk about our problems, the more it reinforces that neural connection in our brain. So the more that's the reality we see. So we have to start with um, ways of connecting us back to our own heart and to our own love. And some, some, some moment in time, a magic happens where a person is healed enough to take the next step and see what is the gift that this experience has given me. And when I have worked with people who've gone through sexual abuse and they have arrived at that place and we work with tools that let them have a deeper connection to their inner wisdom, they uh, find the forgiveness. They find the, the greater purpose behind it. They do what they need to do to uh, understand this was part of their journey of uh, of whatever that life lesson may be. We can't start off there with people who are raw with that trauma. You have to support them and hopefully 
can guide them to go deeper at a certain moment in time when they have, you know, when they when they have matured enough in their in their human journey. It's all about healing, isn't it? Mm. We have to work with people where they are at in their process on this journey. So that's why we have a range of skills. That's why you've collected all your wonderful skills. And, you know, that's why I constantly am learning and, and, and adding more to my little bag of tricks because we need, we need the skills to allow us to work with people at whatever place they are in their lives. Agreed. I I think the, the 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 theme I'm getting from you is that we are, for want of a better word, a constant work in progress. We do have the ability to have opportunities or things thrown at it or bestowed upon us in order for us to awaken further, become more skilled, and constantly be in that learning phase. As a parent, if a parent is listening to this with children growing. The hardest thing for being a parent is that we want to protect our kids. We, we want to hide them or shield them from the pains of life. We don't want them to go through what necessarily we've been through or what others go through. Yet what I'm hearing from you is it's through those moments um, of extreme challenge that we get to go into the chrysalis ourselves and shed and dissolve and come out the other side. As a parent, or an auntie, or a grandparent, or an uncle, what would be your advice to the next generation knowing that pain is a part of growth and love and self-development? Well, you know, I do believe that we all come in as equal beings. You know, it may be an infant that's newborn, but that, you know, in terms of a soul, that's, you know, that, that being has that spiritual essence all there. So, uh, as parents, we, you know, I'm not a parent. <laughs> so let me just say, I speak to you perhaps as a, as a godmother, <laughs> you know, or an auntie. But um, I think the greatest gift that I have when I was working with relationships and taking on more skills with relationships, um, the greatest lesson was learn how to listen. You know, learn how to listen. When I was learning from uh, Dr. Harper Hendricks, who is one of my, you know, I'd say heroes in the field of healing relationships, he teaches skills for healing of relationships, all relationships, by the way, whether it's in couples or whether it's with children or families, it's the same thing. He's teaching them skills of just how to hear the other person, like have them say a statement and you respond. You re, you say you reply to that statement exactly as they said it to you, and you say, "Is this how? Is this what you said?" And you get it going back and forth until that person says, "Yes, this is what I said." And your answer to that statement, whatever it is, is okay. I hear you, because as children, we were told to do this, told to do that, told how to think, told how to be, told where to go, and what we were never or rarely given was a place to say. Let me let me hear what you what you're thinking. Let me hear how you're feeling. I hear you. No judgment. Not telling them what to do. Just acknowledging that person fully, being fully present with that person, and that, according to the work of Harville Hendricks, actually is so profound in healing relationships because it is healing a part of our brain 
that has always reverted back to the limbic system of the reptilian brain of being on alert because you're going to be attacked. And it opens up other parts of our brain where we can hear others, we can be more present, we can be more connected to our heart. So that would be my answer to that question. I think it's beautiful and it's it's very difficult as a parent, auntie, godparent, godmother to not sometimes want to tell someone how to fix it, maybe through our own experience, maybe our own journey and how we want to help someone through that. I love the words that you use all the time. It's not often I hear you say help others, but more about serving others. Is that the same context then to serve another is to really hear another? Yes, absolutely. To, to be present to who they are in that moment, not to judge. You know, we're always trying to fix people up and that's especially, you know, you know, women do it, men do it in their own way. You know, we're always trying, you know, you know, with girlfriends, everyone's talking about their problems. Everyone chimes in with do this and do that. And, you know, often, that's not what's being asked. And certainly in relationships with a partner, with children, it's just having space to share what they're sharing and know that they are heard and loved no matter what. I think that's the greatest gift you can give a, a child is to know that you will be there unconditionally loving them and supporting them and letting them have that space. And I know it can be challenging. And I, you know, teenagers go through tough years and um, there's all you know, so much stuff going on, but ultimately everything in your life, including the relationships with your children, are part of your spiritual healing journey. They're our greatest teachers sometimes, aren't they? And sometimes their most incredible wisdom can come out of the mouths of babes if we just allow them to have their own voice. Can you talk you know, to us I, a I just want to say that um, the work with Harville Hendricks is so profound because he really has a vision of, of how do you heal the world, the world? How do you create peace in the world? And um, that is the basis of his work. And by healing relationships, we're in relationships all the time, everywhere, with our partners at work, with our children, with our neighbors. I mean, we're in relationships all the time. And if we can find the skills and tools to be in a relationship of total unconditional love and accepting and listening and honoring that person for where they're at, whether you agree with them or not, that actually is changing our brain and opening our hearts to compassion. And that is the process he believes. If more people can learn to do that, that's the real healing in the world. Because those, those traumas that we carry within us that are you know, wanting to be healed are found everywhere, Kim. We can't get away from ourselves, right? We find the same behaviors at work. We find the same behaviors, you know, in our relationships with our family, with our, wherever you go, <laughs> you're going to find that mirror of yourself showing up. So it's ultimately, I guess, the lesson of self-love and compassion to ourselves, because that's what we're seeing in everyone out there. We're taking back that lesson that we need to learn. I watched a documentary on Netflix the other night, Seaspiracy, which was all about the fishing industry and kind of, you know, there's a part of it that rattles me around humans that we can be so cruel to animals, to nature, to one another, to um, 
ultimately ourselves. Do you see that there's an, a hope for us as humans when we're destroying places like the Amazon and the ocean and destroying relationships? And do you notice that having lived in America and Australia that there's a difference around the world? Or do you truly believe there's even a mirror in us when we see the cruelness of what other humans can do to the planet and to one another? Well, I, you know, I, I can't even watch some of those things because it's, you know, it's so upsetting to see that go on and how we've abused nature and uh, each other and, and, you know, this this um, this tendency in the unawakened human to uh, project their own self hatred out into the world. And um, I, I just tell you what comes to mind when you say that. I, I was at a presentation one time and. It was a presentation from a spiritual teacher, and he was showing some slides. And he was showing slides of, um, there was one, it was a Japanese Japanese monk. And um, he had a seed in his hand, and he, um, it was a seedling, and he meditated on it. And right before your eyes, the seedling just grew, and it just grew. And the other slide was of, uh, of some poor peasant in, uh, in South America who had some contact with some, you know, some presence, some intelligence who had a power. And he had an, an egg in his hand and he meditated and sent love to that egg and before you realize that egg hatched into a chick you know and was walking around the the point of this is that nature has an incredible capacity to rejuvenate and regenerate itself we as more of us open to our love and to the power that love brings to heal and rejuvenate and regenerate Anything and everything can be healed and regenerated in, I believe, a blink of an eye. And, and that's why I mentioned those two, two memories I have of that presentation with, um, you know, incredible life being created out of this strong intention of love. So I have hope. I think that, that yeah, there have always been destruction on this planet. And we've, we've done a lot of, of, um, projecting of our self-hatred out into the world. And this is the time that we are given the opportunity to do profound healing on this planet, starting with ourselves. I mean, it's all starting with ourselves. The damage we do out in the world is the damage that we carry within ourselves. So the more we collectively can meditate and open our hearts and do heart math and do mindfulness meditations and spend more time in nature, we collectively are creating a frequency of love that's going out. That's more profound than we can possibly understand with our mind. And do you believe then that there is absolutely no accident with this whole COVID um, situation that there's no accident that the whole world is focused in on this. Is this an opportunity from a spiritual realm for us to be fully awakening to all of these things as a, as a group, as a whole? You know, uh, my short answer is yes. <laughs> my longer answer is yes. 
I, uh, I'm not an astrologer, but I'm fascinated by astrology. So I, I listen to astrologers in their weekly reports and, uh, you know, the, the interpretation of things. And uh, this has been a time, Kim, that has been uh, astrologically, we knew we were going into 2020 was going to be a time of massive, massive upheavals and change and awakenings. But, you know, no one knew what that was going to look like. But astrologically, it was there. It was clear, this great alignment of all these planets, this thing that was going to be earth-shattering, earth-shaking was going to happen. But no one knew what that (laughs) was going to look like. We all hope it's going to be lovely and sugar-coated. So, um, you know, this... This time has been so, so upsetting. I, you know, it's been filled with distraught. I mean, I have been so distraught with what is going on, especially from the eyes that I have, because, uh, you know, I, I often <laughs> say, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I'm driven to look behind the curtain. You know, what's, what's really driving things? What's the truth? Not what we're told on the news. What's the truth? So, that's what I've been investigating. So the truth that I have been investigating is really distraught about how this whole thing is happening with vaccines and being made to believe we have this absolutely devastating pandemic, which I don't believe is true. But astrologically, it is a time of pandemics. It is a time of upheaval. It is. It, we are in this great and profound moment, whether we like it or not. We have all chosen to be here to participate in this transformational time. And it's it's not a walk in the park, Kim. It is a time when we all have to get really serious about our, um, our, our spiritual practices, our spiritual purpose. We have to make the priority to um, heal ourselves but this is like, you know, this is serious stuff. We're seriously involved in a global transformative process that will, if we choose to, allow us to awaken to a more profound understanding, connection to our spiritual essence, or, or get caught up in the fear and the chaos and the anger and be swept away by it and and in a sense contribute to it. So it's a a big moment. It's a big, uh, profound moment of uh, on this planet of the choices we make and and the priorities that we hold. You know, I'm, I'm coming back to live in Australia. I've been gone almost 20 years. I'm going back in a couple of weeks. I'm going to sell my car, rent out my unit, um, dispose of most of my belongings, and step into the big unknown when I come back here. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about starting new. I'm excited starting with nothing. You know, I, uh, that to me right now is, it's like a challenge. I mean, I'm not going to start with nothing. It's not like I don't have any money or possessions, but I'm starting, you know, hopefully you can find, you know, a unit here and set up life here and, 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 and fill it with my, my creative intentions. You know, we have such a power and those times when we, everything is, um, 
taken away from us are uh, amazing times because out of that, we can see how powerful we are in creating reality, creating what we need. And I just want to tell you this really quick story, real quick, can you have a moment? You know, before I left for Australia, I was, um, I found myself in a, uh, uh, a defendant in a law case. I've never been an offended in a law case before. And it was in another state I didn't even live in. In fact, I didn't even know it was there until I was searching on Google for my name and it came up as a defendant in this law case. And it was pretty serious what I was a co-defendant of, uh, which I wasn't ever guilty of. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. The point was, here I am, I'm living in Oklahoma. This is a law case going on in Arkansas. Uh, and it's a, uh, you know, it's a law case. And I, I have to, I, you know, I have to find a lawyer. I have, how much is this going to cost me? How am I going to get out of this? Am I going to be fine and take all my money away? Am I going to go to jail? You know, I was in this moment, right? It's like, oh my God, I, you know, I was, I was, you know, the U.S., you get, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but before you can, uh, have have your case activated. You have to be served, right? So uh, they have to come to your door and deliver you the warrant. And I'm trying to hide from this person. I bought wigs. <laughs> I did everything to try to avoid being found. And I was found. <laughs> and here's the, here's the message I want to share. I stepped into the unknown. I was in the scariest place I'd been in for a long time in my life. I was alone. No one was there to, you know, I, I didn't have anyone to, at that moment to rescue me. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to, you know, find the lawyer, the right lawyer without having all my money taken away. What am I going to do? So it began this journey and I uh, calmed myself down and I meditated and I allowed each day to unfold. My intuition says, call this person, try this Google search, you know, uh, do whatever the intention was that, that came up in the moment, that intuition was guiding me. And the end result of this scary time of the, I was in, that was like a dark night of the soul. I, I, all my fears came up about being helpless, powerless, and um, being taken advantage of, being overwhelmed, the system, you know, crushing me. It was all that stuff, that powerlessness feeling. And the end result was I, through just trusting the intuition and making the calls and talking to the people, I found my way to the top, top, one of the 500 top criminal lawyers in the world who was in Arkansas, who I was, I was introduced to. And he took on my case at an absolute fraction of the cost of what I was being quoted. And um, that was, it was supposed to go to court in November to dismiss. We wanted to dismiss. But it's, uh, here we are uh, almost in April, in April. I haven't heard a word anymore about this law case. Not, not a peep. And, uh, you know, it was like found my way to the solution to this seemingly um, overwhelming a situation where I felt absolute powerlessness in. And I found my power, Kim. And I found my power by trusting my intuition to guide me when I am in the unknown to the people, places, experiences that I need. Oh, 
It's so beautiful. And would you give us some advice then, some daily practices or daily rituals that you would encourage us to do to perhaps help us find our power and help guide us all through this unknown time? What would be your suggestions in a daily practical way? Whatever will allow a person to just calm their minds. See, the, the answers come not from our intellect. We can't figure life out. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you'll hit your head against the wall a million times if you try to figure life out. You'll just be bruised and bloodied. You have to be quiet and you have to listen. And the real intelligence of the body, as you know, Kim comes from the heart. And you're just such a big heart yourself. The real, I mean, this is not just a metaphor. This is science, right? This is neuroscience. There are more neurons in the heart than there are in the brain. So the heart is the first communicator that then goes to the brain. So you have to be quiet and let yourself settle into your heart. So anything that lets you do that, um, you know, I, my practice first thing in the morning is, is watching the sunrise. And I do that because what I've learned is that the sun has frequencies and information that sets every single circadian rhythm in your body going in proper timing, which helps our physical body be in balance. So then we can have our uh, connection to our heart available to us. So that's, you know, that's, that's a strategy that's healing us. Just simple thing. Watch the sunrise for a few minutes. But anything that just allows us to be still could be breathing, lots of great mindfulness meditations. Uh, I'd say one of my most favorite strategies, however, is just being out in nature. Because when you take your shoes off and you um, touch the earth, you are connecting to the uh to the field that you, you are nature. I mean, your body, your body is an expression of nature and it runs on the same laws as nature. And when we reconnect back to nature, uh, we calm our mind and we are healed by nature. So spending time in nature on a regular basis daily, I, that's, my, that's my secret sauce right now for me. Uh. So simple, and none of that actually costs us a lot of money. It's just time to the busy person, to the person who's got kids and running a full-on home and a business and, you know, trying to crawl through this time. Do you think moments of those throughout the day, obviously you're going to say yes, is better than nothing, but how would the real busy person, or do you think it's not about busyness, it's about prioritizing? It's about um, intention. Mm-hmm. It's about intention and, and what, uh, what is the highest priority for you? What is the greatest need? You know, what's, what's calling you the most? You know, I, and you talk about all the steps needed for self-love. Well, you know, it's self-discipline is one of them, right? You have, to, you have to have the maturity to be able to commit to something because you passionately want it whether it's peace, whether it's peace in the family, whether it's healing in your body, whether it's the trust in life, whatever it is, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. That's one of my favorite sayings. If you want your life to be different, you have to do something different. Something different. Um, it almost doesn't matter what it is. It just has to be different because you're initiating 
then a, a, a change going on in your body and your brain. You can see things in new ways. You can make new decisions. Things happen when you're willing to just change one thing in your life. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, you have to, you have, sometimes you have to be in so much pain. You're saying, well, you know, uh, five minutes without my shoes, walking out in the, in the back garden is what I'm going to be doing every day. It's not, it's not a lot. It's not so much what you do. It's just the intention and commitment to do it every day. That little bit every day. The discipline. You cannot move forward in life, I have learned, without discipline. No, it's one of my most favorite and most profound topics is the topic of self-discipline. Nothing happens or is handed to us necessarily on a plate without the discipline to commit to that or to be a part of that. And I, I want to acknowledge you for that because I've found that's been my biggest my biggest winning formula on many levels is the discipline to commit to something, even if it is small amounts. Could you tell us a little bit about your amazing books, your podcasts, the things that you offer? Because I know you're going to open people's hearts here where they're going to want to find out more about you. Could you tell us more about you and what you offer? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, first of all, my website is drcherylselman.com. And um, I have a pod. I have two podcasts. I have a, two podcasts. I've been doing one of them called "What Women Must Know," and that came out of the uh, work I did with my first book, which is "Hormone Heresy: What Women Must Know About Their Hormones." That's still in print in Australia. And um, so, "What Women Must Know" has been on air for about twenty years now. It's a long time. And uh, I started with this one network out of New York. So that's still going. And then um, so two years ago, I met a, a very special spiritual teacher who I had as a guest on my podcast. And then I was invited to attend his retreats. And so uh, it, it was a very uh, wonderful gift I was given from um, his name is Dr. Master Shah. And there's a center actually um, in Sydney and I think one in Melbourne with uh, Master Shah. So uh, my dedication to Master Shah was to uh, create another podcast that's called The Love Code. And The Love Code is designed to bring together spiritual teachers, spiritual seekers, people with spiritual experiences, healers. And that really is to support and uplift our soul and to uh, reconnect us to our hearts. So that is a weekly podcast. And um, you can get both of those shows if you opt in to drcherylselman.com or go to my Facebook page, which is what women must know. Like me there, I post all of those things. Um, what else? Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always, I am a seeker, as I said, and uh, things come to me in interesting ways. And um, so one of the things that I have uh, just launched is a very special product for women. As a naturopathic doctor specializing in women's health, I um, am always looking for, you know, what's, what's the need that's not being met? So this is the latest product. It's called Hygiena. I was asked to create my dream formula for women who have vaginal dryness and vaginal atrophy, which is uh, one of those hidden problems that women have. We often don't like to talk about it, but it's a problem that creates a lot of really um, pain in the body and uh, pain in relationships. And um, 
so I just launched it. Uh, it. Took two years. The company has put amazing product together. It's called Hygiena. So if you go to my website, you'll learn about it. And uh, Conscious Living Magazine is the magazine I write for. They have published my articles on Hygiena there. It's a uh, it's fantastic uh, natural formula to heal, rejuvenate, and regenerate uh, women <laughs> and their their yeah, vaginal rejuvenation, <laughs> so, uh, which you know solves a lot of suffering for women. I have to say, yeah. And, uh, and I, I, you know, when I when I get back, I'm going to get back into consultations that I haven't really done for a long time. Um, Tim, I have uh, I work with a technique now called the Emotion Code. I have a technology called Healy, which is frequency medicine that I can uh, work with people long distance, uh, being able to assess their energy field and then direct frequencies to bring harmony back. Because our energy field is the key to bringing our healing in, because it's like the energy field is the information equivalent to the software of our computer and bringing it into the hardware, which is our body. So I, I have some interesting things that I'm going to be initiating, especially here in Australia when I get back in July. And uh, look forward to seeing what else comes along. And uh, I'm really excited about this new stage, and new phase in my life. I think coming back to Australia and seeing it as a more permanent place to be living right now is like a whole new cycle opening up. So I don't know what's in store, but I'm excited. Oh, well, we are very excited to know that you're coming back. Do you think, um, given the conversation we've had today and the level in which we've taken this, do you think, in all honesty, that there is hope moving forward that we as a society, a community, a planet, have all the resources within us to know how to carry us through these uncertain times? And if so, what would be your greatest wish in order for us to fast track that? Well, the answer is yes. You know, if I, if I, didn't, if I didn't believe that, I, I'd be in such an existential funk, right? You know, that's not a good place to be. It's like we're creating our reality, so we might as well create it from the highest possible, you know, vision of that. And like I said, through the uh, guidance of astrology, well, I and some of my spiritual teachers, I know that this is a profound moment. We cannot, cannot get lost in the negativity, fear, and chaos of the moment. You have to shut off your, your news programs. You have to stop surrounding yourself with the news and information, and in some cases, the propaganda that is designed to generate fear powerlessness and helplessness in people you know, we have that power and instead we must surround ourselves with um uh, documentaries that inspire with podcasts that inspire with books that inspire with spiritual teachings and spiritual teachers that inspire you know we have never been in a time when we have access to spiritual teachings and spiritual teachers from everywhere uh, on saturday morning i was watching a spiritual pilgrimage live streamed from south india at one of the most holy mountains in india live time i was there in that pilgrimage 
walking it, you know? So, but there, you know, these are the things that we want to uplift our consciousness with, uplift our spirit, heal our bodies. And if we do not look after our bodies and stop feeding it the negativity and fear, you know, our bodies won't be healthy and strong to uh, take us through this time. So it's all important, everything, but it starts with surrounding ourselves with the highest thought, the highest intention, the highest possible outcome, the greatest self-love, and doing the work that opens our heart to compassion and gratitude. That is truly the power how we are transforming this world. Do not be deceived by the news and by the rhetoric that's going on out there because there is a much greater force guiding us through this time. And we have to tune ourselves into it. And that's our priority right now. I'm covered in goosebumps, literally. I knew that this would be a beautiful conversation and I knew that you would create an incredible sense of calm and amazing capacity to open the channel of love and reverence and certainly um, appreciating that we all have the, the power to be a part of this incredible awakening and change. Just to finish off, is there any particular books that you've read that have changed your life that just off the top of your head that might, you know, encourage one of our listeners and then perhaps finish with a quote that's really speaking to you at the moment? Oh, gosh, you know, I've done a lot of reading uh, since I've been in Australia the last six months of books. You know, I don't really read um, fiction. <laughs> I have a lot of nonfiction I'm, I'm reading. Um, you know, I, there really isn't anything that comes to mind as a book, um, except I encourage people to to get back to reading. <laughs> it's a great pleasure, just not, not not on a Kindle. You know, you take your book and go to the beach and just sit with a book. Um, you, you you lose yourself in another world. And that's what I was doing while I was getting back into beautiful fiction, you know, that just had messages. They all had messages. And but I just loved doing that. I hadn't done that for a really long time. So I'll just say that. And when you ask me about a quote, um, I'm just going to share this quote because it just seems so nice <laughs> in the context of this conversation. And that is this very simple one. A walk in nature walks the soul back home. Oh, walk in nature walks the soul back home oh, oh you beautiful soul <laughs> i just am reaching out into the cosmos and hugging you up entirely I, as i said in the intro you are a dear friend and someone i've had the privilege not only to interview on our up for a chat show all those years ago but certainly follow your journey and i I just want to thank you with, with a truly open, compassionate heart for reminding us of the power of love, of self-love, and reminding us that we do all have the inner resources to tap into this at any given time with incredibly simple steps. And the biggest one of all is to get back into nature. Is there one final message that you'd like to leave us with today, beautiful Dr. Cheryl Selman? I think the message that we've been sharing today is one of inspiration and to know that your life can change in a moment 
sometimes it can happen uh, when we least expect it. And sometimes it happens when we set our intention and have the discipline and to have that, um, that willingness to allow for change and for healing to happen. Uh, and I think that we just need to live our life with uh, a sense of expectancy and look for the miracles. And I will just tell you my miracle today. I looked outside and I have a bunch of flowers that are out on my little balcony and I have a little bromeliad. And this little bromeliad, it's, uh, it's a pink bromeliad. And today when I walked outside, it gave birth to a purple flower <laughs> out of the bromeliad. A purple flower, my two favorite colors, pink and purple. I'm wearing pink right now as we're speaking. Um, that opened my heart. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. You know, so look for the miracles because they will open your heart and bring you back to gratitude. Cheryl, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Have a beautiful day. And I look forward to hearing from you and catching up with you and squeezing you and absolute person very shortly thank you sweetheart and before we go i just want to thank you for creating the space of real conversations and that's very special and very profound so thank you for having me and opening that space for this really special conversation thanks for listening to the self-love podcast be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit kim and her team at 28.com That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.